what are you doing here? <laughs> ah, how did you get in my house? <laughs> we need to come up with like some kind of intro because every time we just like pause and wait for the other to speak. Because <laughs> I feel like when I go to speak, we both start to speak. And because yeah. like we see each other like a second later than we start, it's like, what's happening? Yeah. But yeah, I think hey, my um, Adderall has worn off for do? the day. <laughs> Hello, there's other, I good. There's other people in the room with us now. Look behind you. <laughs> Thank God the camera's facing me so I can see. I will get attacked <laughs> by a plethora of yarn. Anyways, how hello. How yeah. you do? I asked you first. This is true. Um, I do good. I'm a little chilly. Even though it's getting nicer out, I'm happy about the nice weather. We're going kayaking Sunday morning. Well, hopefully not like morning, morning, because the water's still probably going to be cold, but I'm excited to get out there. Mm -hmm. How about you? I do better. I had kind of like a, as you know, a whirlwind of a few weeks <laughs> since we last recorded. This is true. Give the people the update they want on your cough and your chest and your death. My death has not come yet. <laughs> Possibly soon. We don't know. A couple a days lot. after we recorded the last two episodes, I it was the Sunday after, I think. Well, yeah, my, my cough is gone, number one. Number two, my chest is no longer in pain. But anyways, the Sunday after we recorded, I ended up in the ER and they ended up having to shock my heart back into the rhythm. And ever since then, I've been like a, in a really weird headspace. And for the, a few days after that, I felt like the world was kicking me in the face. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I do feel like you got a, a hard few days. I don't know if how many it was because it felt, I'm sure for you, it felt like months. It felt like a couple weeks being on my side of hearing the story, but yeah. that was scary. I was very worried about you, but yeah. I'm glad you're better. Um, tell us well, a little bit about the experience of you're better. That's the end of it. But anyway, I don't know what it was. <laughs> I know. We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm your cardiologist now. Show me your heart. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us and, you know, me and all the poppies what it was like to have your heart shocked and like to be electrocuted, basically. I want to start off by saying I'm almost positive that this is something that happened before when I was a teenager a few times. And I went to the doctor about it because I had health insurance at that time. And Luxury. they gave me... Yeah, I know. They gave me a heart monitor and I wore it, but it, it didn't happen again as I was wearing it. So like they kind of just gave up and then it didn't happen again until, you know, sun that Sunday. But anyways, um, so I woke up and I was getting ready for work on that Sunday and it felt like my heart was in my throat and it was really weird. Like I could, I could tell that the, the heartbeat was off. I had a, a massive migraine, but I went into work anyways because I'm a slave to my job. And Brenda, my manager, sent me home. And then I, I laid in bed for a few hours. And then I had Logan listen to my heart. And he said it was indeed beating. It was like one, two, and then it would pause for too long and then beat a couple more times, like fast. Mm. Eventually, I... Well, he kind of pushed me to go to the ER. I didn't want to because expensive, but we eventually went and they brought me back immediately and they were all really nice. They were very attentive to the fact that I was super anxious and like having a full on panic attack. 
First they tried to give me a dose of some kind of medicine that was supposed to slow my heart down because it was going at like 200 beats per minute or something. Ugh. And that didn't work. So they, they told me they were going to have to shock me. And I kept asking like everybody next to, next to me, I'm like, is this going to hurt? Are you sure it's not going to hurt? And I was like crying, but nobody was answering me. And then they gave me this drug that made me like, it told me it was going to make me forget the whole event, but it didn't. I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel the shock, but I felt my body like jerk up. And then I was like stuck, like clenched for a couple seconds. And then I slowly started hearing people's voices and I started just breathing. It's my heart's like racing thinking about it. It was really scary. Oh no. God, I can't even imagine. And like, I've seen, of course, people be shocked before when I used to work at the hospital and on TV shows and stuff. I can't imagine. I'm glad that you like didn't know the feeling or can't remember the feeling kind mm -hmm. of. So I guess it worked a little bit, but like, I don't know that like jerking and clenching sounds scary. Yeah, for a couple of days afterwards, I like couldn't even really think about it without crying because it was so terrifying. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm glad that uh, Logan pushed you to go to the hospital, even though it's yeah. expensive. But you know what's more expensive? A funeral. My fee yeah. to my spin important. <laughs> your corpse. Yeah, my fee to spin your corpse while it's on fire is quite high. So you yeah. saved money in the long run. I won't really get into everything else after that. That was all just small things that happened all at once and mm -hmm. made it feel like my world was crashing down. <laughs> I am feeling better. I'm, I had, I am trying to get in with the cardiologist, but they haven't called me back yet because I don't think they're taking me seriously because I don't have insurance. I wish you the best of luck. Thanks. Of course. What are you educating me on this week, Papa? Well, this week and today, I am going to be telling you about the Whaley House, which is a pretty cool story. I think you're really going to like it. I learned about it maybe a couple years ago. I might have known about it before, but I don't remember. Um, I think I first heard about it on the podcast, and that's why we drink. Shout out to M for sharing it and getting me interested, and also shout out for Christine for co-hosting, because M does the paranormal stories, but... Mm. Yeah, so we're going to talk about the Whaley House. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, the Whaley House is located in Old Town, San Diego, California, and is a registered historical landmark in the state of California. And it is known as one of the, if not, I'm sorry, one of the most, if not the most, haunted houses in America. That's like so, not... I don't think it's that far from me. I mean, it's probably like a weekend road trip. So when you come visit, I don't know if you can visit the place, but we should go. I will have more information about that later. But yes, you can. And yes, I want to. Yes. But you have to promise to hold my hand if I get scared. Okay. Okay, cool. Pinky swear through, <laughs> through the screen. <laughs> Kiss me through the phone. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to start with a little bit of the history and the background of the family and the house. Um, so this all starts with Thomas Whaley, who was born October 5th, 1823, and he was the seventh child in a family of 10. So I assume there was eight kids and two parents, but it didn't mm -hmm. specify. 
Um, he was born and raised in New York City, and in 1849, so he would have been 26, he left his hometown of New York City and traveled to San Francisco during the California Gold Rush. At first, he only stayed for about two years before returning home, and after returning home, he met his um, soon-to-be wife, Anna Eloise Delaunay. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name right. And then they were married on August 14th, 1853. The couple moved back to California later in 1853 and started construction on the house that would become the Whaley home and their home um, a few years later. The building was completed, or I'm sorry, the building of the home. I got to stop apologizing so much because you can't cut that out every time I do it. Built in 1857, the Whaley House got its name from the original builder and owner, Thomas Whaley, and his family. Thomas was said to have built the house with bricks from his own brickyard. I didn't know brickyards were a thing. I'd like to look yeah, into how either. bricks are made and, like, how they're put into a yard. <laughs> My milkshakes brings all the bricks to the yard. <laughs> But Thomas built the house with bricks from his own brickyard, and it was the first two-story brick building in San Diego. I also read somewhere that it was the first brick building in San Diego, but the first source I had said it was the first two-story brick building. Um, it was furnished with mahogany and rosewood furniture, Brussels carpets, and damask drapes. And this new house was known as the finest in Southern California. And that was kind of Thomas Whaley's goal was to build, you know, the finest home um, he had a general store that he built with his partner, um, and he just became wealthy from that. I think he might have had some wealth from something to do with the gold rush, but there wasn't much information about that. It kind of makes me think of the, the first season of American Horror Story, that brick house, the murder house. Oh, brick house. Um, I'll post pictures and I'll send you pictures, Haley, but the house is really beautiful. It's still, it's still standing there to today. And like I said, it's a landmark in California now. Um, and in addition to being the Whaley family home, the house became the gathering place for San Diego, even being named San Diego's first commercial theater, uh, the county courthouse and had a general store in it at one time because it was the courthouse. Um, and in the 1860s and 70s, the house became the focal point of a battle between Old Town residents, which was where the house is located, and the residents of Newtown, San Diego, which is now downtown San Diego for dominance. Um, it was kind of like mm -hmm. arguments or over where court records would be stored and different things like that. So that's mostly about the house itself, but we're going to get a bit into like the dark history of the house as well. And although the house became famous and, you know, had all of its grandeur and was glorious, the land upon which the home was built had a bit of a dark history behind it. Um, I'm just going to do a little trigger warning here for the rest of the story. This does involve several different types of death. Um, and you'll hear more, but it's just like an overall trigger warning, so... Um, before the building of the house, the ground was used as a kind of makeshift gallows. And in 1852, James Robinson, who also became to know, be known as Yankee Jim, was convicted of attempted larceny and was hanged in the back of a wagon on the spot where the house now stands. This is probably like a really stupid question, but what's larceny? Um, theft. Theft. Okay. 
I had to also find out, I don't know why we can't just call it grand theft or something, why they had to yeah. do all these fancy words like arson, larceny, um, yeah. embezzling. It's kind of crazy like, that he was hung for theft. I mean, it's it's not a good thing to do, but like... Right, but it was 1852. Yeah. Um, so I looked up a bit of background on Yankee Jim Robinson, and... He was said to have originally been from Australia and was known as a bandit who stole horses. And in 1849, he discovered gold and formulated a plan. Um, he discovered gold in California during the gold rush and formulated a plan to hide the discovery of the gold from miners and other camps. But his plan failed and many people flocked to the location and a town was created. So he kind of has a hand in that. Mm -hmm. Um Jim stayed in the town until there was a fire in 1852, which destroyed the town. They said it was actually like a few different fires, like three or four that started concurrently. Um, and while no one directly blamed Yankee Jim, they knew his background of being a thief. And because they were suspecting arson, he was forced out of town. So they kind of blamed him indirectly, but no one actually directly accused him of it. Years later, in 1852, he ended up in San Diego, and he was arrested for attempting to steal a boat, and that was was when he was convicted of attempted larceny and punished to hang. Horse thievery and boat thievery. <laughs> right, and it's not like when I was thinking about it, I was picturing like a jet boat, and no, it's probably a boat. I don't, who knows, it could have been a fucking canoe. Yeah. You know funny. what I mean? But it's like a, like a pirate ship, I don't know. Yankee pirate Jim Robinson. <laughs> pirate my boat, Papa. <laughs> so Jim was a very tall and slender man. They say he was of quite stature. And I mean, he even though he was slender, he was a big man and he was very tall, like someone else we know. Um, How tall was he? It didn't you know? say. Mm -mm, I wish I did. Um, and according to newspaper articles from the time, Yankee Jim kept his feet on the wagon for as long as he could when they were trying to pull it out from underneath of him. And he ended up having to be pulled off of the wagon. And it was noted that in the newspaper that, quote, he swung back and forth like a pendulum until he was strangled to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. So what? because of his stature, you know, normally in a hanging, it, people would fall and it should instantly mm -hmm. take them out. But because of his struggling to try to stay on the wagon, it was said he he uh, went for a little wild ride. That's brutal. Yes. Yes. That's why I included my trigger warning at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's rumored that Thomas Whaley witnessed the execution, which I don't think really matches up with the timeline well. Because if it, Whaley didn't move there until... He might have because he left his hometown in 1849 and went to California. But he went from New York City to California. So depending on when he left, he might have gotten there in 1850. And if he stayed for two years, he might have been there in 52 before he returned home to meet Anna, his wife. Mm -hmm. So it's alleged that he was there um, and witnessed it. But he still bought the property to build his home on, which is wild to me. Yeah. But I think more of it was just that it was a nice piece of property and he was a man with money and audacity. <laughs> <laughs> and he just really wanted to build his house there. 
So soon after the family built their home, which took a few years to build, to build out of brick, um, they moved in and they reported hearing heavy footsteps moving throughout the house. Thomas noted it that it said, sa- oh. <laughs> oh, Thomas noted that it sounded like, quote, the boots of a large man, which the family then concluded must have been the disembodied footsteps of Yankee Jim. So get out of my house, almost immediate. Exactly. Like almost immediately he was like, you bitches, I'm going to haunt this motherfucker. <laughs> Yankee Many people <laughs> and stole himself a pony. <laughs> oh my god. Many people believe that the land has always been cursed and doomed to hold spirits for eternity, and Yankee Jim was just the first soul to suffer from that curse. So the tragedy unfortunately continued, and sadly, in 1858, the Whaley's infant son, Thomas Whaley Jr., or TJ as I lovingly call him, died of scarlet fever in the house when he was only 18 months old. Oh, that's sad. And the tragedy didn't stop there, because a few months later, a fire broke out within the home, destroying the general store, which it also held. The 1800s was a wild time. It really was, and I feel like we hear about so many things like this from back then, and of course they don't have the safety and blah blah blah, but it's still like, wow, what a wild time. I was listening to Morbid's series on H.H. Holmes, and he Mm -hmm. was around this time, and the shit that he got away with, he just, like, he would, like, murder people and then use them to, like, murder other people. He'd be like, oh, you can go stay with this person who I already murdered. That's my cousin out of town. Like, it's just ridiculous. (laughs) I, I listened to, I think, like, the first two episodes, um, and it was, it was wild. I could barely keep up with everything. Yeah, it's crazy. And also, what was his real name? Herman Webster Mudgett, I think. Why was he called H.H. Holmes then? He picked that name. Oh. My brain just went, Holmes, Holmes, Holmes. (laughs) (laughs) Or Henry, Henry Holmes. Henry Harold Holmes. Hungry, hungry. Hippo. Oh, pause. He has to get dog food. Did you hear what I said? This episode is chaotic. (laughs) It is. We should just post the whole thing as is. It'll be like two and a half hours long with all the fucking pauses and shit. Technical difficulties. So, sadly, in 1858, the Whaley's infant son, Thomas Whaley Jr., died of scarlet fever in the house when he was only 18 months old. I'm jumping back too far. Um, The fire broke out within the home, destroying the general store. And after these two misfortunes, Thomas and Anna decided to move the family to San Francisco. About 10 years later, they returned to their San Diego home, the Whaley House, in 1868 with their five remaining children. Years later, in 1882, one of their daughters, Violet Whaley, later met George Bertolacci, I think is how you say it, and the two were married at the Whaley House. Sadly, again... George turned out to be a con artist and left Violet in the midst of their honeymoon. Oh my god. I know, and her name's Violet. Like, it's such a I cute name, and name. I just picture her. Like, I haven't seen any actual pictures of her. I think there's a picture of her when she was a baby that I found um, with the parents, but not any of her, like, as an adult. And ashamed by the leaving, her hus- leaving of her husband and their divorce, Violet never fully recovered emotionally. She was very heartbroken. 
and in 1880. I was going to say, sorry, sorry, I'm not trying to interrupt you. No, interrupt me. I want to hear your commentary. No, I was going to say, um, I imagine like women back then, as we've said, women in the way back time were not thought of as much of anything besides Mm -hmm. pie makers and baby makers. Um, Mm -hmm. so I imagine her being like on her honeymoon, so happy to finally be like married. Yeah. It just breaks my heart. I feel bad for her. Right. And she found him and fell in love and, and especially back then too, divorce was like a big, bad no-no. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in 1885, at the young age of 22, she completed suicide by shooting herself in the chest with her father's gun. Mm, Violet. Um, I know. And also, like, to do that, to have the strength and the courage, especially in the chest. And I don't know what kind of guns they had back then, but they had to be larger. So to do that physically was a feat. And just the fact that she felt so sad for some piece of shit that left her before they'd even been married for like a half a minute. Like it just breaks my heart. Violet. I love you. I just love the name Violet too. There's just, I don't know. There's something so like special about it. I don't know. It's just so pretty and just unique, I think. Right. And nothing in what I read said where she did it. Um, I don't know if it was in the house or just outside on the property. I think it might have been in the house, but I didn't find, like, for sure details on where the suicide happened. Mm -hmm. And be ready for your heart to be really broken because this part is sad, too. What are you doing to me? Uh, She left a suicide note behind, which was composed of lines from the Thomas Hood poem, Bridge of Sighs. And the note read this excerpt from the poem. Mad from life's history, swift to death's mystery, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. I have, I've read that so many times and heard it so many times, but I have full body chills right now. Like, what a beautiful poem. But also, like, oh my god, just makes me so sad. I'm gonna start making a list of all the people that I want to go back and rescue if time travel ever becomes a right? thing. Like, I'm well, gonna go back and talk to Judy Garland and Margaret Hamilton and Violet so yes. far. <laughs> and then, who else? Amelia Earhart. Don't get on that plane. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, that's not funny, but for some reason, just the way I said it was funny to me. Amelia! Don't <laughs> Amelia, Amelia, you don't know what that means, but don't. Um, so I would like to read some more of those poems because they sound beautiful, but that excerpt is just heartbreaking. Yeah, that is. And to know that the poet that wrote that was feeling it, but then she was also feeling it, like, glad to be hurled anywhere, anywhere out of this world. And also, I kind of just picture someone, like, bawling someone up and, like, hurling them into outer space which kind of like, like alleviates slingshot. yes yes or like a catapult yes I, I wish people could see my arm movement but i had to do it to make my brain click <laughs> many descendants of the whaley family lived and died in the house in addition to thomas jr and violet the house saw the deaths of thomas senior anna and two of their other children lillian and francis um i didn't find much on their deaths I know Thomas was older when he died, and there wasn't anything tragic about the others, so I assume it was just natural causes. It's said that they all died in that house. 
So mm-hmm. lots of um, souls spirits and spirits. Yes. And the tragedies of the land and within the home left the Whaley house haunted by several spirits. And there are many stories of encounters and sightings within the home. So I'm just going to go through a quick list um, of all of the sightings and encounters that people have have talked about over the history of the house. So we'll start with Yankee Jim. And during stays in the house, several ghost hunting and investigating teams have heard the same footsteps Thomas Whaley did, those of Yankee Jim. Um, a lot of people say when they go visit, they'll hear those heavy footsteps. And if they know the history, they know exactly who it is. It makes me think of... Um... The first season of Haunting of Hill House. You know that, like, really tall man that just, like, levitates, like, a couple inches yes. off the floor? Uh, That's it. what it makes me think of. Yes. Is that what you're going to do when you haunt me? Yes. Or are you going to just be horizontal all the time? No, I'm going to be upright so you know that I'm a ghost because I'm not upright often. <laughs> oh, true. And, like, your your spirit won't feel the pain that your earthly body does. Right. Do you think that, like, when... We No, because that wouldn't make it sense because if all of like the spirits are still here or tethered and the theory is that they're here for unfinished business or whatever, like I was going to ask, do you think that we like my ADHD and depression and anxiety will be instantly cured? But obviously not. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard because I'd like to think so. Like, but I think more like in my spirituality and how I believe that we're untethered from our physical bodies, but our soul and our spirit is like closely connected to our mind and our memories. Yeah. So I feel maybe like, you hear like a lot about spirits not knowing that they're dead or like so maybe I don't know. I don't know. I would it be fun to know, to not know I was dead or would I want to know? What about you? I feel like not knowing and being like stuck somewhere would be super confusing and like It'd be like a dream, I feel like, because I have a lot of dreams where, like, I'm trying to get somewhere, but every time I try, something goes wrong. Like, I'll try to send a text, and every single time I type it out wrong, and then I delete it all and type it out wrong again. I feel like that's what it would be like, you know? Yeah, I yeah, I have dreams like that, too, where especially where I'm trying to get somewhere, I'm trying to tell someone something, yeah. and either they're... It seems like they're ignoring me, but they don't know I'm there, or I just can't physically get there. What if... What if that's just because we're, like, our dreams are actually, actually, like, a pre, a preview of death, which would be terrible because I have some weird-ass dreams, or, like, an alternate universe, so the real us is there doing something, but our secondary us from this realm is just, like, watching and trying to get noticed? I have this dream, like, it's not the same dream every time, but the same, like, thing happens where, like, if I try to speak, it's, like, in super slow-mo. And, like, I'm trying to, like, get this important message to somebody, but, like, my mouth won't. It's like my my jaw is wired shot, basically. It's Ooh. super irritating. And that my teeth fall out. I have a lot oh. of those. No, I think I would wake up, like, crying if I had a mm-hmm. dream my teeth fell out. Because yep. I have weird things about my teeth anyways. Mm-hmm. I've never had the feeling of, like, talking slow or, like, my jaw wired shut, but I'm always moving really slow. And, like, stuck in place almost. Oh, and I hate that. It, like, infuriates me and I wake up so mad. Mm -hmm. Um, But sometimes I can think about the dream hard enough that I can fall asleep and force myself to go back into it. Which is nice because sometimes then I can lucid dream and complete what I was doing or change the entire, like, 
course of the dream? I've only ever lucid dreamed once, and the dream was that I was at the YMCA in Warren in the pool area, and I had like one of those inner tubes, and I was standing in the middle of it, and I was on the diving board, but the, the pool was uh, full of lava, and I was like at the edge of the diving board, and I was like, oh, I'm dreaming, and then I turned around and walked down. I don't remember anything else, but that's the only other What only a wonderful time. time. Yeah. What a wonderful time to lucid. Oh, I could tell you about lucid dreams and we'll have to do a dreams episode because I've had some yeah. wild dreams and nightmares and uh, sleep paralysis and different things. But mm-hmm. anyways, I just, I I wonder about death or not necessarily death, but the afterlife and spirits and how it's connected to our brains and our dreams and all that stuff. But yeah, yeah, we'll never know until we know. <laughs> The world. How many licks does it take to get to the center of a Dixie Pop? <laughs> a one? A two? A three? Crunch. The world may never Crunch. know. Crunch. <laughs> um. Anyways, back to the Whaley House. Um, we'll hear Yankee Jim's footsteps. And then also, some visitors have claimed to hear the sound of baby Thomas Jr. crying softly. Little footfalls running around the house and the distant sound of the innocent giggle of a child, which I think we've discussed this in an episode. But the idea of like a, ch- a disembodied child's voice or giggle is just. Mm-hmm. A yeah, note at for first me. I thought it was like wholesome. But when you mentioned that it was actually pretty scary, I thought about it. and It's like pretty horrifying if you're not like expecting a child to be around. <laughs> right. Especially like. Imagine living in a house and you don't have any kids, you've never had a kid, and you just hear baby giggle. Hard pass. Burn that house to the ground. (laughs) It's a no from me, dog. (laughs) Your video is out again, just so you know, but we can keep going. Oh, you're back. Yeah, yours just was too. I'm just powering through it. (laughs) Oh, okay. I was talking to myself, essentially. No, I I could hear you. I'm in like looking at myself. There we go. Yes. Yes. And then is our friend Violet, lovely, lovely Violet. And there have been, I know, Violet, you're turning Violet, Violet. I know I said that already, but I needed to say it again. Um, There have been many reports of people seeing a young woman lingering on the second floor, um, which is believed to be Violet, still consumed by sorrow. It's said that she spent most of her time kind of like recluse hiding away on the second floor after the divorce and prior to her prior to her death. So it makes sense that people would see her there. Um, and it's said that areas within the home become quite cold in her presence. And there tends to be just like a generally cold air to the house. And they attribute mm-hmm. that to her sadness. But I, I guess it could also be attributed to the general, you know, overwhelming sadness of the whole house. That's what makes me think that, like, the afterlife for some um, people is, like, a bunch of confusion. You're, like, you're looking for something and you never find it. Right, like, like it, it's not getting better and you just keep not being better. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. oof, it kind of creeps me out. And in an article titled The Whaley House Story, San Diego's Scariest and Most Haunted Place on SanDiegoExplorer.com, Author Hedge Metrion, don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, notes their, noted their experience that's with Violet's cool spirit. I know. Um, that's what it said on there. And I thought Hedge was a cool name, too. Mm-hmm. 
and they noted their experience with Violet's spirit on a visit to the Whaley house that they made. And while on the second floor, they state they were suddenly hit by a massive wave of sadness, just feeling the general, like, overwhelming need to cry. And they felt this feeling followed them all over the second floor, but stopped once they went downstairs. Which that just gave me Not massive it. chills to, oh, to think, like, her her presence and her sorrow was so strong there that you could feel it in the afterlife. Yeah. And then our friend Thomas Sr., um, and he's often seen dressed in his frock, coat, and top hat, um, which is giving me big Abe Lincoln vibes, which it shouldn't. But I just, anytime I hear top hat, I can't help but picture Abe Lincoln. And then I just started yeah. picturing you in a top hat. And <laughs> um, and he frequently stands at the landing at the top of the stairs that lead to the second floor, which sounds really creepy. Like you just look up and there's a man in a top hat, like. And it's That's not fully horrifying. him, it's more of, like, his apparition or, like, his silhouette. So it's like, yeah. he is also sometimes seen with his wife, Anna, and it's said that generally when she's seen with him, she's in all black. Um, didn't didn't really say much, but I assume it's, like, a mourning type thing. Um, mm-hmm. That they're just mourning. And some visitors have even reported that Mr. Whaley has blown smoke, assumedly from a tobacco pipe, right into their faces. That's Which, like, rude. the fact... Right, and the idea that, like, the smoke can travel. I don't know if they just see it or if you can feel it and smell it, but the idea that the smoke can travel from the spirit realm to our realm... Yeah. Not only is weird, but makes me want to somehow vaporize myself to travel between. You know how to do that? No, absolutely not. Um, This is not Willy Wonka. <laughs> And then our friend Anna, Anna Whaley, the mother, the matron of the home, is the most comet spirit, comet? Nope. Common spirit in the house. People can often smell her French perfume wafting throughout the home. Um, It was her signature scent, and I I guess it smells pretty good from what I've read. Uh, She's mostly seen in the parlor or the garden or sometimes, like I said, accompanying her husband, Thomas. It is said that her presence is a comforting one, not malicious, likely due to her motherly affect and the feelings she had during her life after the loss of her two children. So just like a generally like loving, welcoming feeling. Um, I didn't read much about the presence, the feeling of the other presences, if they were malicious or not. I have seen some things and heard some things that maybe suggest some were um, maybe not necessarily malicious, but angry or scared. So mm-hmm. it's nice to know that at least one of the spirits is nice. Yeah. She also frequently appears to young people um, in an effort to welcome them and interact, making them feel, you know, kind of at home, like, which I just think is so cute. Like, That's she just really wants sweet. kids to feel welcome. And again, that yeah. motherly, like matronly type feeling. Yeah. Um, and I made a note here that I said it almost seems like she's like an empty nester in the afterlife or she's a trying to avoid people suffering tragedies similar to the ones she did. Like, especially after Violet, maybe she thought if I can be nice to these people, they won't suffer the same tragic end. You're telling me all these sad stories. I'm going to cry. I know. Well, at least she's nice. We can go meet her. That's really sweet though. Yeah. And it's, it's always refreshing. Yeah. Bring her some more perfume. Bake her a, a loaf. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Just a loaf. Pumpernickel. Ooh. Ooh, a pumpernickel loaf with some dill dip in the middle. 
it probably won't make it all the way we will eat it. You said it was in, what was the town? San Diego? Yes, Old Town San Diego. If you Google the Whaley House, you should be able to find it. But would you eat, or would you want to make pumpernickel bread with dill dip? Yes. You've had that before, right? No, but I want to try it. <gasps> so you bake pumpernickel bread. I love saying pumpernickel. And make a bread bowl out of it and then put the dip in the middle and people just rip the pieces of bread off and dip it in the dill dip. You would yeah. be obsessed. It's so good. It. I will never <clears throat> get used to the fact that California is like humongous. This, the Whaley House is 14 hours and 31 minutes away. Okay, so I'll meet you there. We'll, we'll get there in <laughs> you, about the same amount of time. Yeah, California is like 70,000 million bajillion miles long. Oh my god, it's beautiful though. It reminds me of when your you legs. Visit. <laughs> <laughs> I wish people could... <laughs> yes, your legs are 70 million bajillion miles long. <laughs> <laughs> papa long legs you're papa long legs and i am to be determined <laughs> um Stacks is screaming at the door let me know if you hear him i don't but i miss him grandmama loves you oh i heard him now Hear him hold on this is chaos i love it boy i swear to god bring me the stonks Stonks. Are you regretting your decision to scream at the door? Never. No regrets. Do you have anything to say? Fuck the patriarchy. Do you hear him? Why did I lean into my microphone like I could hear him? I have headphones in. No, I don't hear him. But anyways, um... In addition to spirit hauntings, there are some other, like, hauntings and sightings and occurrences that happen in the house that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, visitors, especially those who stay overnight, are said to see mist, lights turning on and off by themselves, and crystals that are on the lamp in the music room swinging all by themselves. Um, there are also some nondescript appearances and disappearances of shadows, which I think is almost worse than seeing like a full-bodied apparition, because at least if it's an apparition, I'm like, hey, a ghost. But a shadow, I'm like, is that a bat? Is that yeah. a rat? Is that a cat? A cat wouldn't be bad. <laughs> um, anything else that rhymes. Um, the workers especially say that they've seen moving curtains in windows that have long been sealed shut. Like all the windows in the house are sealed. So, I mean, it, you, we could say it's a draft, but the house is part of a historical society and it's upkept. So I doubt that there would really be anything that drafty. And Thomas yeah. Whaley himself did work on the house while it was still there like several times. So I, I really believe that it is the spirits, you know, um, and watching some episodes and listening to some episodes of different things. I know that there have been like voices caught on tape and different sounds caught on tape or um emf detectors like going off at when certain things are said or when you walk into certain rooms like the courthouse i've seen is a big hot spot for you know spirit activity where emf readers just go crazy 
Can I make a recommendation to you and the people for paranormal um, viewing or entertainment? Um, yes. On on YouTube. Oh my God, Stax, you're so fucking cute. Um, on YouTube, Garrett Watts. He goes to a couple different um, haunted places. He goes to a haunted abandoned hospital in Washington, uh, Spokane, Washington. And then where else does he go? Is he the one that he went has... to the ice cream shop? Yes. You showed um, me that video and he was good. He came out with a video a couple months ago where he goes to his sister's hair salon in Spokane um, because she swears it's haunted and it starts out spoiler alert if you go to watch it but it starts out as like this joke because they don't expect it to actually be haunted but they go into the basement and some shit happens when they <sighs> I'm have to watch it. it it's i love his video so much it's like the perfect combination of like spooky and funny <laughs> yeah he was really goofy but that even that ice cream place one was pretty spooky so yeah i will have to watch some more i'm probably gonna have to have you remind me though i'll be like hey what was that guy's name <laughs> You'd be like, what guy? And we'll both forget until I'm like, ice cream? I'll just send you the link to this episode. So while researching, I found some more recent, uh, a cool recent fact, just one, um, that in May of 2022, the Whaley House held court within its walls for the first time in 151 years. So the courthouse within it actually, like, held a court session. I didn't find much detail on what it was for, but I just thought it was cool that they used it again. Mm -hmm. And... Um, just some notes about where the Whaley House has been in the media. It's been featured in many historical documentaries, podcasts, and a wide variety of paranormal and sci-fi shows. The most notorious shows are Travel Channel's Fact or Fake, Paranormal Files, and um, America's Most Haunted and Ghost Adventures. Noise. The film studio Asylum released an independent movie titled The Haunting of Whaley House, but the film was i wrote short but it's shot it was shot at another historical home called bembridge house which i think kind of sucks but i don't know if they weren't allowed to film at whaley house or if they couldn't get there um but everything's still about the whaley house which and i've heard that that's pretty good i've but i haven't watched it so i think that's going to mm -hmm. be on my to watch list and um to wrap things up i just wanted to mention um about going to the whaley house you can tour it in the day evening or night um in the day or the evening it's 28 dollars for admission and this was on the website today so it should be up to date um or you can up your bid to 94 dollars and do an after hours tour which includes participation in a paranormal investigation with an experienced guide use of the latest go goat hunting <laughs> <laughs> ghost hunting equipment and stories of the darker side of the Whaley House and the spirits. Um, this can be found on Whaley House's website called WhaleyHouseSanDiego.com and all of my references and the link to the website will be in the show notes. Well, that is everything I found um, about the Whaley House. There's definitely more info out there. If you want to know more, watch documentaries, watch the shows, listen to other podcasts, um, share what you find, share your theories. We always like to hear from you. Um, just wanted to say thanks for listening and putting up with, with all of our technical difficulties we had today. Yeah, no um, more chaos. <laughs> our good old friend Yankee Jim decided to pay us to pay us, pay us a visit from 
beyond the grave. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, we hope you liked. You can send us an email at educatemepapa at gmail.com. Message us on Facebook or Instagram at Educate Me Papa. The podcast on Facebook and Instagram is at Educate Me Papa. Again, all of the references or the sources, excuse me, will be in the notes. And thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. <laughs> also, Samantha, thank you for educating me on the Whaley House. I appreciate it. Papa. You are so welcome, Papa. Bye, Papas. Poppies. <laughs> Bye, Poppies. Toodaloo. Bye.